If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome to your Thursday Rush Hour. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do, pick up your telephone, dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. If you have ever lived through a hurricane before, you know what a frightening experience it can be if you've been through them. I have been through, uh, perhaps, I've lost count, actually. I think somewhere, it's, I think it's double digits now. I think it's either 11 or 10. And what has happened in the United States of America, and it's still an ongoing story because Hurricane Ian is now perhaps headed toward the Carolinas, regaining strength over the Atlantic Ocean, is if you're not going through it, okay, just get on with life, do your thing, and Oh, yeah, I saw some terrible pictures down there. If you are going through it, there is it is a life-changing event. If you, you have no idea what fear is, well, maybe you do if you live in New York. All you got to do is ride the subway, for goodness sakes. But <laughs> fear, one example of fear is being in a house not knowing whether that house is going to be your coffin whether you are going to face rising waters that will leave you no escape from your house or whether your house will blow down or whether the roof will come off and maybe something will hit you or a tree will fall into your house or something. So I just want to send prayers down to the folks in the devastated areas of Florida today and prayers that those of you who are facing Hurricane Ian will be able to survive it with as little damage as possible. The pictures coming out of Florida are horrific in some neighborhoods. They are absolutely devastating, horrific. I remember seeing uh, pictures of Hurricane Andrew when I was younger, and the pictures of Hurricane Andrew just showed this, this obliteration of debris where entire neighborhood used to be, and it was all gone. Nothing stood. And I'll tell you something. These things, Mother Nature, God, Earth, Nature, is which, which blows me away the arrogance of human beings to think that they can control the weather. Oh, I can hear Cookville now. We are controlling the weather, you idiot. Don't you know? Kim Trails are responsible. Yes. And the 5G networks. Yeah. And HARP. 
Uh, no, we men do not control the weather on Earth. Men and women, we don't. And if you are subject to nature, whether it's a fire, whether it is a flash flood, whether it's a landslide, a dirt slide, mudslide, a volcanic eruption, anything like that, windstorms, anything, you realize how insignificant human strength is compared to the strength of nature around you. Now, as I said, if you have people in South Carolina, you may want to, if they're not ready for it, tell them that they should perhaps get ready for it because it may be moving there. Governor DeSantis is taking heat from Democrats. What else is new? They are using this to try to demonize him. His press secretary, Christina Pushaw, boy, she takes no mess. As Hurricane Ian ripped through Florida, CNN senior reporter Edward Isaac Duveray thought it would be a good time to bring up the politics of Governor Ron DeSantis. Christina Pushaw, his uh, former spokesperson, currently the rapid response director for the campaign, took the time to dish out some advice to him. What they're going after, this this Duvray character leaped on a tweet that was sent from one of his reporters. As DeSantis prepares Floridians for Ian, he is urging residents to heed advice from the same local officials he suggested they ignored during COVID and praising a federal agency he previously alleged withheld aid to state because Biden was playing politics. So what? Two entirely different things. A hurricane is immediately life-threatening, and if you don't work and cooperate with people, you are putting people's lives in danger. That is very different than this scandal that involves the pandemic where you cannot trust information, especially from a Democrat party that was willing to play with people's lives for the sake of political expediency during pandemic, during the pandemic. This other one, this CNN senior reporter, hurricanes in politics tend to run run into each other in Florida, but this time it's with a governor who has put himself at odds with many local government officials and who has been looking for fights with a president he may end up running against six weeks before Election Day, he wrote. Well, number one, DeSantis has not been looking for fights with with, with Joe Biden. Joe Biden has been administering his oath of office poorly. He has ignored his constitutional responsibilities for the for the border. He is in charge of more deaths to Americans during the pandemic, and that doesn't seem to ever get laid at his doorstep the way he and these Democrats and their reporter friends trying to lay it at the doorstep of Donald Trump for political reasons. He was at odds with many local government officials because they were Democrats playing politics with COVID. Right now, this goes beyond politics. This is about a storm that could kill with impunity anybody that is unprepared. And the governor is acting on behalf of the people in his state. I don't know why it's so difficult for these liberal journalists to get that. 
Jennifer Rubin in the Amazon in the Amazon Prime Washington Post had another snarky column about DeSantis. You know, Rush used to say all the time that the Democrats will tell you who they are scared of. They will tell you. And they're telling us every single day that they are so afraid of Ron DeSantis. We know they're afraid of Donald Trump. They still have Trump on the brain. They're doing everything they can to make sure that he, in their view, is unable to run for another term. But they are equally afraid of Ron DeSantis. Moving aside from hurricanes, there are other sad events that continue to take place in New York. There are too many to document each day. So what I've done is just pull one or two of them. Because we could spend all show doing these kind of stories if we wanted to. Sadly. This is from today's Daily News. Brooklyn teen dies in sister's arms in stray bullet shooting. Devastated family left to mourn. Innocent Brooklyn teen died in her older sister's blood-soaked arms after two black-clad gunmen opened fire on the street with her outraged family left Thursday to mourn her random slaying by a stray bullet. Shama Roman, 17, standing with a group of friends outside an Eastern Parkway apartment. This took place in Crown Heights. Get these two guys, they start firing. She gets caught in the crosshair. She's dead, 17 years old. Her stepfather's outraged. You took a child, you took a granddaughter, you took a sister. She was a sweet, loving, caring, feisty, tell it like it is girl. And and this is another one. Family member said the slain girl's grandma fainted when she learned her granddaughter had been killed. Responding officers found a pool of blood, paradise, some empty Corona bottles nearby. The young 17-year-old, whose life was really just beginning, died at Brookdale University Hospital a short time later. No arrest. No arrests have been made. Let's go from Brooklyn to the Bronx, shall we? An aspiring Brooklyn drill rapper lured to his death last weekend by a phone call was likely gunned down over name-dropping lyrics in his music. Another 17-year-old, this guy, Dradani Aracena. Detectives say they think the murder was in retaliation for the content of his songs. Five mass men, ski masks, came to kill him on Sunday. Nobody's sure whether these were the five men mentioned in his record. He was very new to the drill music. Do you know what drill music is? I know. We'll ask Ava. Ava knows everything. When Ava comes back, we'll ask her. Drill music, the new form of rap, it's drill. Another rapper dead. Some people saying it was a robbery. 
Nope. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's 17 years old. Five. And, and, and they have no fear. Who does have fear in New York of committing crimes anymore? Let's stay. Let's go back to Brooklyn. Here's another one. Brooklyn, New York. A longtime Brooklyn sex offender who's been committing crimes since the 1990s has been arrested for breaking into one of his neighbors, an elderly neighbor's home. He raped her, an 81-year-old woman. He raped an 81-year-old woman. Didn't just do that. He proceeded to choke, assault her so severely. He broke her jaw, broke her foot, bloodied up her nose, left scars all over her body, knocked her unconscious. He put my cheekbones out of place, and when I got up, I had no panties on the 81-year-old woman, said he knocked me out. I was out cold. I'm still spitting up blood. My eyes are red from the blood and everything. When I tried to go back into the bedroom to make a phone call, I didn't know he was still there. He attacked me a second time. When he attacked me a second time, I was knocked out totally. Now, this career criminal, another career criminal out on the streets, thank you, Democrat Party, has been charged with assault, strangulation, burglary, a rape charge is pending based on the result of the rape test. In August, he was... 20,000, 26, 2006, the same criminal was arrested for, get this, ladies and gentlemen, sexually abusing a five-year-old girl. So we go from a five-year-old girl to an 81-year-old woman, still walking the streets of New York. He spent almost three years behind bars for stolen property conviction. Of course, what they do, they parole them. out on the streets. Where else do Democrats think that criminals belong but on the streets of New York where they can rape, pillage, and murder other people? That is today's Democrat Party and their belief that their view of social justice means criminals go free. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Because I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying and chalk. I really hate the trip, but I gotta low. They croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool. I'm the kind of cheater, little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street Coolio. Dead at age 59. Coolio was uh, due to be uh, performing this weekend in Stuttgart, Germany. Yesterday afternoon. In L.A., he unexpectedly fell dead. Cause of death remains unknown. I wonder, was he vaccinated? 
According to uh, TMZ, paramedics were called into the house around 4 p.m. after Coolio collapsed inside a bathroom. Suspected cardiac arrest. He was born artist Leon Ivy Jr., 1963, grew up in Compton. You know, the first time I went to Compton, I couldn't believe it. I'm from New York, so the first time I went to Compton, I kept, I was like, ooh, I'm going to the hood. Ooh, I'm going to the hood, right? So we drive in Compton. I'm, I'm with some friends. We're driving in Compton, and I see these beautifully manicured lawns, these single-story houses. You know, they're just like if you were in Brooklyn or Queens and you're in some neighborhoods, middle-class, upper-middle-class neighborhoods. And this is the hood. I kept saying, where is the hood? Where's the hood? This is not the hood. The hood is in their minds. That's where it is because it wasn't in the neighborhood. Okay. But anyway, he grew up in Compton, in the hood. And Coolio was not a monolithically one-dimensional character. He became a firefighter, actually. He says that um, a volunteer firefighter. He saw it as a way of giving back in San Jose, his neighborhood at the time. Said when he trained, it gave him the discipline that he needed. He almost did not get approval from Stevie Wonder to use Stevie's pastime paradise, which we played yesterday. Yesterday was the anniversary of the Songs in the Key of Life album, and Pastime Paradise is one of the songs on that album. Coolio used the music and the theme, but when Stevie heard it the first time, he said, nope, no way. Not letting his song be used in some sort of gangster song. But Coolio removed some of the curse words, some of the more graphic lyrics from an earlier version of the track, according to Rolling Stone. And the song went on to earn Coolio a Grammy. He was more than a one-hit wonder. He was actually uh, also made appearances on television. Did some other theme songs. One for Nickelodeon, Kena and Kel. His song, Dexter, what's his name, was part of the Cartoon Network's Dexter's Laboratory. The Hip Hop Experiment, a compilation of hip-hop songs inspired by the series. He appeared on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Nanny, Celebrity Wife Swap. <clears throat> I've never seen a Celebrity Wife Swap. I wonder if it's anything like the title. Rachel versus Guy, Celebrity Cook-Off. Apparently, Coolio was so well-known for his culinary skills that he... Also wrote a cookbook. He was asthmatic. Did a lot of work to raise awareness with the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. So, 59 years old. Coolio said at one point that uh, the success he had found with Gangsta Paradise meant he would be touring into his 60s if he wanted to. Sadly, that's not going to happen. Coolio dead at 59. There's a story today, I believe this is an AP story, yes it is, that ought to be front and center, and I bet you, I bet you, 
you will not see this story anywhere on the mainstream television press. Now, that's why you listen to this program, because you will get it here. The stories that you will not find in the mainstream press, you will hear on this show. Standing 14 stories tall, the Docking State Office Building is one of Kansas' largest and oldest state workplaces. It is also largely vacant, despite a prime location right across from the Capitol Building in Kansas. So, Kansas officials are planning to spend $60 million of federal pandemic relief to help finance the demolition of this building, and they're going to replace it with a three-story building designed to host meetings and events. State officials characterize the project as a public health service in a report to the U.S. Treasury, laying out their plans to spend $60 million of taxpayers' dollars. Now, this money was supposed to go toward pandemic, pandemic relief. What are they doing? They're using it to, oh, oh, you know what? We don't like that building anymore. Let's take it down and build another. The AP goes on to say relatively little of the federal aid that has been spent on the pandemic has gone toward traditional public health purposes. What does that mean? Translation, this was the pandemic health money that Democrats, Joe Biden spent all these billions and billions of dollars. It's a, it's another scam. It is a scam. It is a slush fund. Give me a for, little break here. It is a slush fund for states to spend on their pet little projects, especially, I bet you when you look at the end of this, it's not just going to be Democrats, but you want to bet if we had an honest audit of where this pandemic money goes, I guarantee you the Democrats have scored big with this pandemic money. And a lot of this money didn't go for all this money. You know what we could have had? We could have an actual audit, a scientific audit of how the vaccines have actually rolled out and what their side effects are. $60 million? Yeah, we could have that. Do we have that? No. If you look at all the money wasted in pandemic form, do you know what we could have had? We could have had that money go to the businesses that Democrat governors like our Governor Cuomo, like the governor in California, Gazem Newsom, like the governor in, in, in Michigan, that witch, Witchmer. All of the money that these people are spending on their little pet projects could have been used to help the business owners that they threw out of business. Why, we could even have money with this money to pay for the government workers that have been fired, the healthcare workers, some of them in private industry, who were let go without even unemployment insurance because they refused to get a mandated vaccine that we now learn has problems. But no, that money's not being spent there. This money that was supposedly meant for pandemic relief is being used as a slush fund. Whatever you want to spend it on, oh, you have a pet project, want to tear down a building, do another building, want to make in in Louisiana, one of the poorest states in the nation, 
$863 million is going to be spent on roads and bridges, $750 million on water and sewer infrastructure, $27 million for improvements to what? The domed stadium that the New Orleans Saints used to play football. There's your pandemic money, folks. That's how it's being used. Not being used to fight the pandemic. It's being used to hand out to Democrat governors, to Democrats all over the country, so that they can spend it however they want to spend it on whatever little pet project they want to spend it on. Tell me this. Riddle me this. Do you have confidence in your federal government or the people that are spending your money? Some of these people need to go to a woke detox center or something. This is The Rush Hour with Pose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. in a few moments, actually a very few moments, but I have a pop quiz first for my young youthful staff. This is becoming a regular feature of this show. This is an easy question, I think. And so, Ava, you're up. Ava, I have a very simple question for you. This was a question that was asked in a congressional hearing Okay. this week. The question came from um, one of the congressmen there, and it was simply this. Is it possible for men to get pregnant and have babies? Well, see, we know we know the right answer here, right? But, like, there's also, like, the can I say the liberal agenda answer? Gonna, you can say what you want to say. I'm asking you, is it... Is it possible for men to get pregnant and have babies? No, but they're going to say yes. What? So your answer would be no. No, but that, you know, I, I'm I'm assuming that their answer is, well, if it's a trans man and, and all that, right? Okay. Kevin, is it possible for a man to have babies and to be pregnant? Absolutely not. Well, you don't even hesitate that was not even a moment's hesitation i just don't personally think that no i i think it's just one 
set it for one one gender naturally, right? I I, I just don't see an end game where you know that's you know a natural reality. No. Okay, uh, Scott Scotty, is it possible for a man to be pregnant and have babies? Only in the extreme cases where there's they've been born with some double organ situation. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, all of you are <clears throat> apparently are wrong, except for I think Avery came the closest here. A Planned Parenthood doctor, the Planned Parenthood doctor's name is Bavik Kumar. He says men can have pregnancies. Especially trans men. Someone with a uterus may have the capability of becoming pregnant, whether they're a woman or a man. That doesn't make a difference. Now, there was a congressman there, Clyde, Congressman Clyde. He's like, okay, we're done here. Andrew Clyde of Georgia. He said, this is basic biology. I can't believe it's necessary to say this, but men cannot get pregnant and cannot give birth regardless of how they identify themselves, was his answer. But you see, a doctor working for a so-called mainstream outfit, it happened to be an abortion mill, but he says, no, it's entirely possible for men and women to both, well, people with uteruses. Let us head to the telephones and start with Tricia in Trumbull, Connecticut. By the way, hold on, Tricia. I'll be with you in one second. Just a quick reminder, folks, get the WABC app, please. On the weekend, we have so much fun on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Starts at 7 a.m. through 10. But if you're not around, you can take us anywhere, and you can listen to it when you want to. Also, with our podcast, I also have a podcast series here called Everything's Golden. You will find so many different podcasts that we do. And we're going to be, in coming weeks, putting up even more con- uh, content in those podcasts. But over the weekend, remember, especially you music lovers, Cousin Brucey's here over the weekend. Dina Martin is here over the weekend. Joe Piscopo is here. Who? What? Oh, yeah. He's here. Well, we've got the Saturday uh, Sinatra show sponsored by Ramsey Mazda. And <clears throat> we also have Tony Orlando. Tony Orlando. He's here. And I said Cousin Brucey. And we have so much more. We also have Larry Kudlow here on the weekends. And coming up right after the show, John Katsimatidis. Coming before the show, as many of you know, America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Greg Kelly, Bernie and Sid, I got to have Bernie on. Bernie's got a new book, and we want to talk about it with Bernie on the Saturday show one day. So, you know, we keep it real here all the time. And, of course, Curtis Lee was on all the time. So you can (laughs) always broadcasting Curtis. Woo! So you can. Yesterday, uh, 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 John Casamitidis had Donald Trump on. If you missed that, you can go. And hear it, podcast. Keep the WABC app with you. We stream worldwide. Now, Trisha, sorry to keep you waiting. Just wanted to make sure people know what they can get here on WABC. You're up next from Trumbull, Connecticut. How are you, Trisha? Oh, son of a bitch. Fine, James. And to follow up on your beginning comment today about the hurricanes and uh, those who make climate or fighting climate change their religion, they, of course, forget... um, 
as in the song, God has the whole world in his hands. And I'd like to just give you a couple of um, quick scriptures that one says, as well might man stretch forth his puny arm to stop the Missouri River in its decreed course or to turn it upstream as to hinder the Almighty. And we also know that um, these same type of people, the politicians who want us to worship them instead of God, and they, you know, of course, are stopping the the wonderful resources in the earth that God provided um, there's another scripture. It says, there is enough and to spare in the earth. And um, though those scriptures come from Joseph Smith, a prophet who you've probably heard of, but I just wanted to let people know that God has continuously provided a prophet since that time, the current prophet, uh, he is also the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His name is Russell M. Nelson. And well, I think you look, one, one of the things that I don't want to do, Tricia, is start to proselytize with individual faiths here because, man, some people get excluded. But I'm glad you mentioned what you mentioned here and, and because it is an arrogance for mankind to think that we have the power, not God, to determine the weather, that we have the power to to, by our little lonesome selves, stop these natural events from taking place, it's just not possible. It is an arrogance. It is an arrogance that only mankind has. Trisha, I'm so glad you listened here. I'm glad you called and always leave us with such good words and some inspiration. Very quickly, let us go to Anne in Staten Island. How are you doing this afternoon, Anne? Well, I'm talking to you both, so I'm doing just fine. Actually, um, I... You are one of the few people that ever talks about the vaccine, and I love it. I would really like to see if we could clone you and send you around the country. Now, I never got the vaccine, even though I'm extremely high risk. And if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you the three reasons why. Let's go. Tell me. One, two, three. Okay. Number one, when I read, because I love researching, that Pfizer donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to Biden for his campaign. That put me off. The other thing was that they were saying that pregnant women, it was safe because it would be no harm to the baby in the womb. And I'm thinking, now I'm not Einstein, Bo. I'm really not. I'm not (laughs) as small as you. But I'm thinking, wait a minute. How could they say that in the beginning, in 2020? When the babies were not even born yet, so how could they make that statement? And they want to shoot me with that vaccine? No way in hell. And then the third thing was I was talking to a friend who got every vaccine possible, and she said, but, Ann, people were dying. I said, you know something? I went back and did some research. When the polio vaccine first came out, though, and I'm talking about the very beginning, right, people died from that vaccine. Okay, people still got polio after they took the vaccine, which they didn't have polio prior. And I went through the whole thing. Every single vaccine that we have gotten has been around a long time, was researched, was investigated, and made better. The flu vaccine constantly is updated 
to fight the virus because we know viruses like to to fight multiple um, viruses and they, they reconstitute yeah. it every year based on what they say the new strain is well yeah, and you have said a mouthful yeah. sadly i'm up against the clock we have to get to a commercial break so we can get out of it and take more calls and you're always a treasure thank you a delight we'll be back boston early's rush hour continues right after this this is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ariana. She's going to be, uh, what did you say, Kev? She's doing the uh, halftime show with the, uh, at the... Uh, at the big game. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl? Okay, so I didn't say that. But she will be doing the halftime at the big game this year. I think. Yeah? No? Yeah, you told me she's going to be performing halftime. Correct. She is going to be the halftime performer at this year's big game, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I didn't even watch the so-called big game last year. I doubt whether I'll watch it this year. It depends on who's in it. Yeah. Do we we'll see Chris Brown in the... Uh, never mind. Let's get back to the telephones, aye, aye, aye. shall we? Not good. <laughs> Dorothy in Brooklyn, Woo! New York. How are you, Dorothy? How are you there? And I'm so grateful for you and your crew. The reason I'm calling is to tell, tell you all and and in all America that you you have learned under rush uh, and like uh, like children are supposed to learn from fit parents. You have learned and your rush was great. You're greater than than, than rush. Oh, oh, oh blasphemy. Dorothy, you are so sweet. I love you. Thank you, my darling. I appreciate that compliment. Let me tell you something, though. Let me be honest. In this broadcast industry, there was only one GOAT. There's only greatest of all time. That guy is Rush Limbaugh, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. George in the Bronx. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with Snurley. What's up, George? Yes, sir. Good to hear your voice again, sir. Uh, First things first, I talked to my godmother, Sherry Scott. She's bad off. With dementia, she didn't remember oh, me. Oh, oh my goodness! For years, so she she can't do an interview. That's that's everybody has children taking care of her. They said no, no, no. But okay, now back to uh, Dance of Paradise. Did you know those Harry Krishnas playing the tamale, the symbols, and the chimes on that song? Yes, yeah, Harry. Yeah, they part of the background in the end on Stevie Rudd, on Stevie Wonder's pastime paradise. And that's what they're singing. They're singing one of their chants. Yes, absolutely. I know it. I mean, I heard that song before it was released, and it it was on the premix version that I heard. It was very, very prominent. So yes, I did know that, George. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, I want to thank you and your listening audience. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Peace and love, brother. Peace and love back, my brother. Talk to you later. Thank you so much, Tom in Manhattan. How are you, Tom? Hey, Paul, listen, uh, last week you brought up Letitia James, and uh, I wanted to touch base because with that story about New Orleans and the COVID money, mm-hmm. that there's the the, the, uh, the the statement you made about blue states, and uh, they're flush with COVID money. And it all comes back to, you saw what Letitia James brought up. How did she get in office, you were asking last week, something to that effect. 
How did she get in office? She got in office because she's a hack. She's been a hack. Her hand has been out. It's been greased by all the unions in the state and the city, particularly the city of New York. And Hochul is no different. You look at the you look at the prior governor and the Buffalo Billions, that's still you don't hear much talk about it, but it's all interconnected. The COVID money if the state of New York is flush with COVID money and no one's answering to where it is. Where is it? Where is that money? And we going? just found some of it in Kansas. And let me tell you, all this money that the Democrats have printed to put in the hands of fellow Democrats, you can see why they desire to have controls on the on the House of Representatives and on the White House so desperately. This is where they originate and then where they spend the money. And it is unaccountable. The fact that this is so brazen, they're, they're reporting, they're telling us, yeah, we got billions in COVID pandemic. Oh, we're not spending it on anything related to COVID. We're just going to use it for whatever we want to use it for. And this is reported, and no one in the Democrat Party raises an objection. I don't hear any Republicans raising objections to it either, frankly. This is despicable. And this needs to be addressed. Republicans aren't running on this, and they should. Grace, Mike Gracie in Westchester County. How are you, Grace? Hi, how are you? Oh, as usual, you're getting me so worked up. (laughs) But. I was going to talk about the COVID money, but you just mentioned it, so I'll let that go. I do want to tell you about wife swap. Very simply, uh-huh. they, take, they take two completely different types of couples. Yeah. I'll keep it simple and say vegetarians and meat eaters. Okay. And they put these people together for a period of time. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just walked up the steps. Uh, they put them together for a period of time. I think usually it's one or two weeks. And they have to live the way the other person lives. There's no sex. Um, it's actually quite entertaining. Oh. Uh, but after you've watched it two, three, four times, it's the same show, just different idiosyncrasies. Different scenarios. Okay, with no sex. Like yeah. one family um, keeps everything clean, and they drink their coffee out of a straw so they don't stain their teeth. And the other family, or couple, not the kids, uh, was, you know, high on the hog and vodka for breakfast or whatever. So when they're living with that person, they have to live the way that person lives. I got the it. person who drinks coffee out of a straw has to drink the vodka and so on. And uh, wow. it's not really... It's not really a typical what we would think of wife swap, but it's a celebrity wife swap. Well, thank you for explaining that, Grace. I do appreciate it. Listen, Cats at Night is coming up next. Here on WABC Talk Radio 77. He had Donald Trump on yesterday. If you missed that, of course, stay tuned to Cats at Night today to hear what he's talking about. But you can go back and hear the Donald Trump. And you can go back to WABC's website and catch everything that we do here. Every host does podcasts. Every host. There's so much. So much to listen to. You don't have to listen anywhere else. Keep it right here on WABC. By the way, I want to just take a minute and tell you about my twice-a-day news blast. Because we do that. It's called... The Daily BS, and do I cut through the BS, powered by American Wire News. We find the stories that you're not going to see anywhere else, and we get them out to you twice a day. We use all kind of sources, but most of the stories come from American Wire News or BizPack Review. It's BoSnerdly's The Daily BS, and you can go to my website, BoSnerdly.com, to pick that up. 
Keep it here on WABC. We'll be back tomorrow. And then after that, make sure you're here for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. On Saturday, we go through some of the stories that we couldn't get through during the week where we have a longer time to kind of work our way through them. Anyway, thanks for being with us today, folks. Always a pleasure. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye. Oh, son of a bitch. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.